Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrellis, and we are super excited for today's guest. We've been trying to work this out for quite a bit. We're both AC Cougar alums here, so whenever you can have a fellow Cougar on, uh, it's always a little extra special. But a really cool story, uh, somebody who I feel like in a way there's some parallels with our coaching and how we think, but just like going about it and choices made and uh, so I think a really interesting story today, but was a a college basketball coach. I know you coach at Leslie. I, I actually had a student mm-hmm. teacher who was telling me about you one day. I go, I know who that is. And so, um, <laughs> so stuff, yeah, I you coach there. Um, huge Middlesex Magic coach. I know you want big coach there. You guys are, are unbelievable. We'd definitely be diving into some of the successes you guys have had Appreciate recently. That. Um, and gold standard hoops, man, you're, you're a business, what you do. Uh, I think you kill it for sure. And obviously on social media, you show it off and I'm really intrigued by to talk about that. Cause I think you got something there that you're just growing and growing and new Chelmsford high school basketball coach. Yeah. So, you know, back on the head coaching scene, uh, which, yeah. which is great to see Chelmsford's always a solid program. You play in a tough league, so you're not shy to competition and, and some of the top players in the state for sure with all you do. Right. So, uh, without further ado rolling out the red carpet here uh for chris giordano uh, thanks dude thanks for having me i appreciate yeah. it yeah no problem man i'm really glad that we we got you on here i know we've been kind of playing a little bit of like tag and we both have little kids so it's just uh finding the yeah. time is always tough it's nearly impossible right? yeah. we, we're all we're all on their schedule yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. So uh, obviously, there's a lot to dive into here, a lot to talk about. Uh, but first, obviously, we're both fellow Allentown Catholic alums here. So I touched upon that in your intro, but uh, we were two years apart. I know you're a real good hoops player. I remember guys that I graduated with, like John McGlynn, Mike Garrity, Jason Ryan. I mean, those guys always kind of talked about you. And I think we had like a class together, actually. We did we did, man. French, we French one or something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got the boot from like Spanish oh, yeah. and like, <laughs> like you go French one as a junior. I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's a funny, it's funny story. So, you know, when you invited me to be on the podcast, I told you I had been, I had been waiting for a long time. Like the first one I saw was with Craig Kolek, who was, the, he's the volleyball coach at Riviera where I, I played basketball in college. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, I need to be on this podcast. So <laughs> when I got the invite, I was like, oh, I was like, let's go. So I text Tom Trainer, and I'm like, dude, what class do we have with Petrellis? Was it French? And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be on the podcast. He's like, that's sick. It's That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I sat I with you two like all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. I know. Yeah. It's so it's so funny, too, how the, uh, how the mind works, right? Like, I remember you told a story that day, right, or that, that year. Um you were like, yeah, you know, it was my birthday this weekend. And um, you were like, I was having the cake and I ate like the candles were like next to the cake. And you told me you ate all the candles. <laughs> oh, but it was funny how the brain works. Cause like, you know, you, you invite me to be on the podcast and um, my niece's birthday was last week. So my daughter's like, oh, daddy, you know, can I lick the frosting off the candles? I'm like, yeah, just don't eat them. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was real. I actually kind of I kind of vaguely remember when you said that. I'm like, oh, my God, I definitely have done that. So like, I yeah. <laughs> uh, those Carvel but... cakes, you know, when those like pink and white candles with blue and white candles. I mean, your Carvel cakes, like it matches like it's actually kind of scary. Blends right in a <laughs> couple, couple wax candles. Oh, Does man. the body good. Hey, listen, you know, 
But, um, you know, jumping into obviously into coaching for you, obviously, like for me, football was like such a passion. And obviously, when I left college, I knew that I wanted to get back into coaching. And we're both Mm -hmm. we're both teachers and and coaches, both of us. So like we Mm -hmm. understand the parallels, the schedules work. It really is like a two for one job, especially if you are in the district that you also happen to be teaching in for sure. But, you know, for you, you you kind of got out of playing college hoop and everything else was coaching (laughs) something you knew you wanted to jump into i mean when your playing career kind of sort of ended what was your thought about basketball going in the future yeah i knew i wanted to be a coach probably when i was in high school maybe even like a little bit before that you know i remember playing um like bantams at at st francis and and drawing up the plays for our our team when i was like 12 years old um and you know when i when i got into high school um, my brother who had gone to merrimack and was close with a bunch of the hoop players there um, you know, he got me into work in their camps. So I've been really coaching at camps since I was like 15. And, um, you know, there were kids there who were like my age, you know, 14, 15 years old. And, and, you know, I'm coaching and I'm meeting people. So I knew that at a very young age, I wanted to be a coach. Um, you know, it was just something about the leadership and it was something about making a team come together and, and play together and, and be a program. Um, and, you know, this dives in a little bit to the to the Middlesex magic. Um, so Coach Crowdy Sr. was was my coach. Um, and I had never had a coach like him before. You know, I had some guys who were, you know, just parents and were rolling the balls out. Um, but Coach Crowdy Sr. was – he was just a guy who cared about you. He pushed you. He let you know when you were doing stuff wrong. Um, and I really looked up to that at a, a very young age. I played with the magic from – uh, sixth grade through 12th grade and um and yeah I, I remember being young and being like you know this guy screaming in my face I'm like that's I want to be that I want to I want to I'm going to listen to everything he says you know um so yeah so it was I knew at a, a very young age that I I wanted to uh I wanted to start coaching all right and that's great so you you obviously have that in and i and i kind of knew the same thing like even when i was in college like i was back going to a lot of ac games because at that point my younger brother had played and my older brother Mm -hmm. was actually coaching so like for me i came home a lot to watch in the fall all the games so i kind of saw how they were going every year like that was the first time that like that school went spread and ernie ran the ball and but they were throwing the ball and and yeah you know, so you just you study it. So I get it. Like you just kind of a student of the game. Even when I played, like I always ask a lot of questions like, well, what if this or what if he lines up, you know, yeah. like and then like yeah. I, as a coach, like I encourage that so much or love that kids that do that because I'm just like, yes, like you're actually asking yeah. realistic stuff here. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but and for you, knows, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say the X and O's is it's such an interesting portion of it because, you know, it can get so intricate in analytical and and there's so many options that you can do like a lot of basketball now is it's less predictable movement it's more read and react stuff um and i've always said like i'm i'm not great at the x and o's but what i i learned from my younger years being around you know being lucky enough to be around great coaches is the motivational factor you know and and the toughness um because you know toughness wins and resilience and and being able to play the full game the full 32 or in high school or 40 minutes in college um, and, you know, leaving it all out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's great to hear because I think that that's, 
you have to have a balanced staff in general. And I think that sometimes the leader of the staff has to, obviously that being the head coach has to kind of be that guy that can get you fired up. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have assistants that are going to do more X's and O's stuff maybe, or more of that like individualized or paying attention to the smaller things when the head coach is kind of looking at the big things. It's kind of how I was too. Like I wasn't a big yeller and screamer. I wasn't a huge rah, rah. Like I was very like prepared and understood Mm -hmm. So when kids ask questions, like I had answers for everything being a coordinator. So it was like, I know my stuff. No, I'm coming at everyone because I know every position here, you know, and sometimes even go with coaches a little bit, like, you got to teach us, you got to teach, you know, like, and I'm sure for you, it's the same thing. Like your business is gold standard. I mean, gold standard is gold standard, right? Like you are the absolute best. So before I jump into your coaching, like you gold standard, like, I just want to bounce off of that naming right. that like how did you come up with that name because for me like we were beyond x's and o's and then we yeah. went straight just to beyond because we felt like it was a better way to range ourselves goals sure. how'd you come up with them um so when i was at riv um <laughs> this is funny when i was at riv there was a, a little like meeting hall that we would watch film in um and there was a it was for all the sports teams and there was a, a poster on the wall for Riviere volleyball and you know with with Craig. Yeah. I mean, he's an amazing coach over a thousand wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a poster there and it was like a picture of the whole team. And it was like, you know, the gold standard of, of teams like, or, or of teammates or, or something along that line. And um, I remember being like, I, I want that. You know, I, I want us, I like, I want my basketball team to be that. And so that just kind of stuck with me and, you know, our, my freshman year, we were good. My sophomore year, okay. Junior year, we got better. And then my senior year, we won our, our league championship for the first time. But there was a lot of maturing and a lot of growing up that I did um, during those four years. You know, becoming a man, becoming a leader um, of our team. Um, but it always stuck with me. Is like, you know, you always have the choice. You can either do what's what's really hard or you can do what's easy. And the easy stuff, you know, making excuses or you know, not getting your work in or, or being undisciplined, you know, the easy stuff is that's, that's nothing to write home about, right? Like do, do the difficult stuff. So, you know, as I kind of went through, I started to try to embody that, you know, being the gold standard, being the best teammate I could possibly be, being the hardest worker I could possibly be, being the best listener to my coach and trusting my coach, my coaches, I should say, and, and giving to the program. And, um, you know, when I, when I switched my mindset like that, it really started to work and we started to see team success. Um, so, you know, after my decade long coaching career in college, uh, you know, and I started this business, I'm like, there's no other name I could possibly go with, you know, it it just, it it made the most sense. And, you know, I think a lot of people like, Oh, you know, gold standard, it wants to be the best. Yeah. We want to, we want to be the best at working hard. We want to be the best at having the mindset. You know, we don't just work with the elite. We work with all skill levels, all ages. And we believe that everyone, they put their mind to it, can be good at whatever they want to be at, you know, or whatever they want to do. And, um, you know, that's our mission is, you know, teaching success in life through basketball. Um, You know, so when you come to to workouts with us, you're going to, you're going to learn a lot of basketball, 
but you're going to learn a lot more about perseverance and hard work and stick-to-itiveness and dedication um, and, you know, items like that. What now? So when, when you like, where are you guys home-based and how to like, mm-hmm. what do you, what do your sessions look like? What do your training sessions look like? Is it just range and all sorts of things? Are you kind of like a combo package? How does that work? Yeah, we started out doing solo workouts and, uh, and, and small group workouts. So this whole thing started in my brother's driveway because my niece was in sixth grade going into seventh grade during COVID July of 2020. Um, and she was, she was my first client. So, you know, it, it kind of just, uh, stemmed from there. Um, but being a teacher and being able to like map out lesson plans was great. But one thing where teaching really helped is the ability to assess in the lesson and ad lib and see like, all right, what does this person need right now? Oh, okay. Let's, let's go off the plan and let's attack you know, this weakness or that weakness or, or whatever. So being able to to have those like quick check-ins or those quick assessments to see, um, you know, where people are has definitely fueled our, our workouts and, and our attention to detail. Um, but we've grown ever since then, man, it, it it's kind of crazy. Like we have over, we had over 1500 clients this year so far. That's unbelievable. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. So across all clinics, all camps, all of our three on three leagues, um, our summer select league, um, you know, so, but our big thing is we can't get away from our mission and that's quality, right? Like we, we want to be able to teach success in life to everybody through basketball, right? So now we have over 20 coaches. We keep our ratios at about, um, you know, seven or eight to one, um, but we've expanded into our skills academies that usually have 40 or 50 kids, um, in each one. So, you know, we'll go with like eight or nine coaches, um, you know, and, and just and continuously. How's that process for you? Like when you select coaches, like obviously the ideal is they stay forever and ever and ever, but I'm yeah. sure you get a decent amount of people that apply. Like for you, what's that goal mm-hmm. that I guess, as far as those that are kind of teaching that message of yours, you got to You got to live up to it, right? You, you have to, you have to be picky. And if, if people, you know, message you and, or, or reach out and they're like, I want a coach. Okay. You know, that's fine. And and we'll talk and we'll, we'll see where it goes. But when my former players come back and I know the type of character they have, and I know how hard they work and I know that they want that responsibility and they're great with kids and they're great at teaching the message. That's when it, it really hits home, you know? So I have a, a few former players uh, who, who have come back to coach, obviously, you know, We've partnered with the Magic, so you know Mike Crowdy Jr. is one of my closest friends, and um, and we work together in the training as well. Um, so what we've done is just kind of like surrounded ourselves with coaches who are one way or another tied to our coaching tree, or um, extremely passionate about what they do. Uh, so so at our our you know our camps and clinics this summer we had probably the tightest knit team of coaches i could ever ask for it, it was just it's been great it's they, they've been so good um you know jay deterley is is someone he plays at tufts right now um and he played for me with the magic he's been training with me for for three years um you know so he's been incredible tom latelier is another one who you know he's coaching with 
the magic and um and he played for me with the magic and now you know he's been doing some training for for two years tony pastore is you know one of my uh one of my closest friends and you know i've known him since i was 10 years old and he's done some training with us um and then we started branching into the developing the the girl side this year so we had three incredible uh, female coaches this year jordan striggles who plays at regis college um, Alyssa Moreland, who plays at Brown University, and uh, Callie O'Brien, who plays at Tufts. And the added value, because they are high-character people and they're giving to the program, it's just, I mean, it, it, words can't even describe how how beneficial it has been for us to have such high-character people in the, in the in, on our coaching staff. You know, I think that's so important because, you know, here you are literally naming every single coach and having something to say. I think that that's ma- like matches to the name gold standard. Yeah. You right. Have to say about everybody and who they are and what they bring to the table and right. understanding that. Yeah. Like hiring just to hire is not going to help your business and to hear how quickly right. you've grown, obviously, since just COVID alone is amazing. And I want to mm-hmm. jump back into more gold standard stuff later on, because we definitely mm-hmm. have some other parallel connections that are kind of cool that we talked about a little bit off air. But quickly, I want to go sure. backwards, because what led you to gold standard, you know, was mm-hmm. really when you were coaching in college, yeah. you know, a decade of coaching. And then you obviously, you know, you, you, you and your wife got pregnant and you had kids and that changes everything. Trust me, I know is why I'm not, oh, yeah. why I'm here. Right. So like, right. I get that. So just talk a little bit about quickly, you know, the college ranks, but most importantly for you, like you made that decision to start this business. So I also think it's kind of cool to see like what the cause was now that we've seen the effect, like now we're kind of seeing what the cause was for that. You know? Sure. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so I, I started out. Uh, coaching at Riviere, where I went, where I won a championship. Um, and I was there for three years. Um, and we were not in the same spot that I, I left it. Uh, you know, we were bottom of the league uh, and we battled. You know, we battled. We we got some really good recruits in. Um, and, you know, within three years, we were a game out of a, a home playoff spot. Uh, you know, I think we finished like um, – a game behind fourth place my final year. Um, but to see a bunch of, of, again, like individuals really come together and sacrifice for each other, um, you know, and really buy into what we were telling them. Like we had uh, a top 30 defense in the, in the country that year, um, which if you know, division three basketball for, for a year to have a, a top 30 defense, is like unheard of. <laughs> um, but, you know, you get a, a bunch of kids who, who buy in wow. and who love, who love each other and who believe in the program. And, um, and, you know, great things happen, yeah. you know, uh, for us, it's never been about wins and losses. It's always been about, you know, at the end of the day, we have each other. Mm-hmm. And if you have, you know, your culture and you have your identity, that's what you can lean on in bad times. And that's what you can really feel good about in the good times. And, and um, you know, so, so those guys, you know, they, they battled and we won a, a lot of games yeah. um, and it was a tough league. I mean, two top 25 teams in the league, um, you know, that that league is just crazy now. Like they have yeah. the best division three, number one division three team in the lands for like, you know, majority of the season last year. So, um, yeah, so the, the GNAC was, it was a really tough league and, 
when I was 29, I caught wind of an opening at Leslie uh, and I applied for it. And I know another, you know, former AC Cougar, Janelle Iaquinto was the softball coach there, assistant yeah, softball yeah, coach. Yeah, I had her on the podcast. Yeah. I had her on. Yeah. 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 So, so I reached out and, um, and yeah, you know, I did the interview and, and I was just like, I was like full steam ahead. Yeah. You know, it was like, Oh my God, here we go. I, I'm, I might be a head coach. This is great. Um, no home gym. Yeah. Not full time. Very little resources, no recruiting budget. Um, you know, no office, no, no, nothing. It was, it was tough. I was, um, I was teaching seven hours a day, getting down to, to Cambridge right after school. I was, I go watch Harvard practice a bunch because I knew a couple of their assistant coaches. Uh, and then I'd head over to Leslie, which is right next door. We watch film or I'd watch film. Then we watch film as a team. Then we go practice, you know, like seven 30 to nine 30 at BB and N. And, um, and then, you know, we do it all again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my, my stop at Leslie was incredible. I mean, we set the wins record, um, you know, two years in a row, uh, you know, just taking a team that was like notorious for losing and, and getting people to buy in and getting people to to come there and understand that like, it's not about our resources. It's about each other. Um, you know, I also knew that I didn't really have, um, I didn't really have a, a platform to be picky in my recruits, right, right, but there was a, but there was a lot of kids we said no to because I would rather play the long game instead of having to teach kids how to behave that I didn't think fit the mold of high character, high academics, and then talent. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, incredibly successful at Leslie was awesome. I mean, mean, how do you pitch that to kids? Like, yeah, listen, we have no home gym, no locker rooms. We're probably having meetings in some random meeting room. That's not even like really labeled athletics. Right. You guys are playing in Medford. Did you get Medford's home gym? They do the floor over there or something. My, yeah. So my last year or my last year was the year before they, they they didn't even get that. Where the hell did, where did you play then? We played at BBNN. Oh, BBNN. Okay. Okay. okay, Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, like proximity wise, it was, it was fine. Yeah. Like, and it was a beautiful facility, but it was like, you know, we couldn't get in there until seven thirty at night, nine thirty at night. You know, depending right. on on who not was practicing. Nice. Yeah, yeah, not not exactly awesome, yeah. um, but you know, I think that those are are very superficial things. I think everybody wants the the nice weight room, and everybody wants the the nice gym and the resources and and all that. But like, you know, we're not playing at Kansas. Like, this right. isn't you know, this isn't Duke. You know, so. Let's be honest. You know, what do we have? Let's let's really enjoy the things that we have, um, and let's enjoy each other, and let's make this the most fun experience. Um, because a lot of people just think that looking from the outside, we're not going to be successful. But no one was going to work harder as a coach to recruit kids that we believe we're gonna we're gonna help win. Right. That you know we're gonna help build winning habits. We're gonna help you know, build our program and our, our culture, a way we did things and, and who we are. Um, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I didn't necessarily like have a pitch, but I remember going into certain meetings with parents and, and kids and just being like brutally honest with them. Yeah. You know, like every school that's recruiting you has a better gym than us. They have more access to it. They have, 
you know, they have every resource that we don't and you should still come here. <laughs> right. But we're in Cambridge and our calf's not bad. Our calf's pretty yeah, good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's it, it, the location is like, you know, there was, yeah. there's no better location. I don't think. Um, yeah. So, you know, a couple of years later when we're beating like new Mac teams and, and CCC teams and, you know, we got 17 wins in a, a season. It's like, people are like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But it was, you know, it was a, a bunch of kids out of region who really believed in each other. Um, and they still do. We just had our, our reunion uh, and everybody flew into town and we had it at my house here. We had a little pool party. So, yeah. you know, we still stay connected and that's cool. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and you know, those guys, they battled. We lost in the semifinals both years. Um, my last two years, I should say. Uh, and no, no Leslie team had ever done that consecutive yeah. years. And, um, you know, they, they saw the most success in terms of like wins and losses over two years. But, you know, I don't even think it's comparable in terms of like the success they saw in terms of culture. I yeah. mean, it, it was just, it was different. It was just, it was, you know, it was a special group of guys. Well, it's interesting um, to hear you just say that because it's like here you are kind of talking about, you know, culture and, and talking about building a program and having the right fit and being like a family. And here you are, these kids are flying in to like come to your yeah. house. You're still hosting them on top of having your own kids, on top of running your own business, on top of coaching with the Middlesex Magic, on top of not right. pretty soon right around the corner from your own high school program season. Like, yeah, yeah so it's just like I, do I hear that and like – People think that's crazy, right? But I look at that and I'm like, I'm the same exact way. That's exactly how yeah. I am. I'm like, dude, every yeah. tube of time I can like squeeze things in and and do it, dude. That's just that's how I am. So to hear you say that, like, I think that that's the coolest thing you said out of all that is like <laughs> anyone who's literally listening here, like you practice what you preach, like you are a building yeah. culture. And like I heard that for a long time, like culture over wins. And I say that to people all the time because wins are going to come like as a coach, mm -hmm. you're going to coach games and you're going to win games by being smarter than coaches and being more prepared. Like you're going to win your team, some of those games, but sure. When you, how do you handle tough situations? Like I always joke and say how a team handles a two minute drill is like in football is like how, what you need to know about them. Like, mm -hmm. can they do it? Are they consistent? Can't they do it? Like making mistakes. They shoot them. Like you learn a lot that I'm sure in basketball, there's a, a window of time or a certain amount of time or, a certain power of a game that you look at that window of like, these are the most important minutes of a game. So like yep. you're going to steal games, but to have a team that knows how to battle through that stuff. And that's what it seems like you kind of build more than anything. The wins are going to come. The wins, the yeah. wins are there, you know, but yep. setting that stuff first is, is key. Yeah. It's key. My, the, the key to, to my personal philosophy is, you know, um, we will not sacrifice coaching behavior for anything yeah you know so if like a lot of coaches will be in practice and they'll be like all right we need to get through this part of practice and you know oh let's run this x and o's like whatever this play is and then you well come on you're not paying attention guys on the bench like or guys on the baseline you're talking or i gotta keep going over the rules with you guys and that's just that's not what it was yeah there was a certain level that you had to live up to to be part of our team and I got a I got a really good story for you. Yeah. So there's a certain level that that you have to live up to to be part of this. And when guys started seeing that, they're the ones that made the standard. They're the ones who made it special. Um, 
then they start believing in it. The wins will eventually come. But if we have a recruit on campus and I ask my guys, because he's obviously going to say the right thing to me, but I ask my guys, hey, what's what's his character like, you know, when, when I wasn't there? And they're like, no, no, this is – he's a good one. No, no, he's a bad one. Like, yeah. you know th- – when it when it comes down to it, culture is nothing more than the worst behavior that you tolerate. Yeah. And so if everybody was on the same page every day and we really trusted each other and we could call each other out on our bad behavior, it start, starts policing itself. Yeah. And now the like our, our super successful year was successful because all we had to do was coach basketball. I never had a coach effort. I never had a coach energy. I never had a coach focus. I never had a coach behavior. So when you go in and you spend two hours every day just focused on basketball, what what do you think the results are going to be? Right. You know, because if you do five, 10, 20 minutes a day, blowing the whistle, no, go get a water break. No, you know, I need you to focus. I need you to listen. I need you to do this. Do that 20 minutes a day. That adds up over a season. You just lose time. I mean, that's the exactly. biggest thing is like time, 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 like, segment and practices like we used to do that a lot and i get like so frustrated when coach like oh let's just let's just shorten this i'm like yeah let's shorten our, our motions and how we do our fakes <laughs> and handoffs so it's sloppy in a game like let, yeah let's yeah. shorten that period like come on you know like so exactly I get what you're saying with that you know it's yeah. it's like kind of making sure that certain things just are unsacrificable in a way I don't know right that's a word but like right but but yeah. you're right no that's that's exactly what it is you yeah. know and and yeah, just just setting that standard, having the guys own it. They owned it, man. It was a special group of guys, yeah. and you know they were from all over the country. I mean, we had kids from Florida, Virginia, um, Connecticut, Michigan, California, Cambridge, which was awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they're they're from from everywhere. Yeah, and and to see them come in and and let their egos go, um, you know, and, and buy in, it wasn't easy, but. You know, it took us a full year, but, you know, anything worth building does take time. It does, you know, and I mean, yeah, yeah, I trust me. I I took a beating early, so I get it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We have, we have a 17 win season at Leslie is our, you know, the, the most wins in school history. I'm also the proud owner of a two-win season, so <laughs> so yeah, you see them both ways. You know? Sometimes yeah, exactly. you see one way to to get the other way, right? So um, exactly. And then and then for you, obviously, the decision you you mentioned, you know, ten years, and and then obviously having a family, and obviously I know what that's mm-hmm. like. I have two kids myself, and um, for you, you you left coaching for a little bit uh, to Did. be a family man. But the things like obviously Middlesex Magic kind of always been something you've been a part of and for for a long yep. time. But 2020, it seems like COVID is really when all this stuff really started kind of taking off for you when you really jumped. Yeah. But talk about balancing family with all this because this ain't easy, dude. Like you left no. coaching and now you are going back into it. So we'll touch upon mm-hmm. that. But it's tough yeah. to balance it with the you know you gotta have a heck of a wife to to, to be helpful yeah. too. Yeah. So she she's a saint. Um, yeah. You know, just I mean. The <laughs> I say it to her all the time. I'm like, dude, how did you even put up with me? I'm like, in my 20s, if we had lost a game, I was miserable for like three days. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but you know, I think she saw that I loved it, and and you know, she started to love it as well. Um, actually, I should say that she just loved that I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so so she was 
super supportive. And then, you know, when my, my daughter came along, I was coaching at Tufts and I was like, yeah, you know, the writing was on the wall a little bit. I peeled back. I was no longer a head coach. I was an assistant coach. I could kind of, you know, pitch in, come and go as I please. Um, I underestimated the importance of, or the, the responsibility of, of, you know, being a dad, yeah. um, which sounds ridiculous to say, but until, you know, like until you're until dad, you like you have it, no you, idea. You can do, you think you can balance everything, you know, cause yeah. you've been doing it your whole life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I'm at Tufts and, and, um, and my daughter, I was there for a year. My daughter was a year old. My, my wife is pregnant with, um, with my son. And we went through like one week where I missed like three games. And I was like, this might be it. Like my son or my, my daughter's sick. My wife is sick. I'm sick, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, right in a row. Um, so I'm like, Hmm, this, this might be it. I'm like, if only I could have a sign, you know, I literally said that out loud. I'm like, if only there was like a sign, um, that was a Saturday, uh, Sunday night, I was in the emergency room and I needed my gallbladder out Monday morning. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Could have been a gentler sign, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, but, you know, that was, that was it that like, you know, the, the four hours of sleep and, and eating out every day and not taking care of my body, not getting the right exercise in mentally, not being in a good spot. Um, you know, it all, it all kind of played into it. Um, and so that was, you know, I left in December of 2019 my son was born in March of 2020. And as everyone knows, the world shut down three mm-hmm. weeks later, two weeks later. Um, so I had, I had like an extended period of time to really stop and process and think about what my life was going to be like moving forward, whether it was going to include basketball or not include basketball. And more importantly, what, how my life was going to turn into our life, you know, all of us. Um, so, you know, I think that, yeah, it was, it was, you know, the, the two grand stipend was not cutting it anymore for the bad. 30 hours it's a week. Worth it. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. No matter how much you love it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you got these two little incredible people that you've yeah. created, Right. And it's like, you know, you have to provide for them. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of going through the, those months, they were, they were up and down. Um, I knew that I wasn't coaching, but it also helped me that nobody was coaching. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I wasn't really missing out <clears throat> and I could really focus on, you know, what I needed and getting healthy and, you know, what my kids needed and what my wife needed and, and, you know, just, spending every moment with them from March until, you know, July or whenever the doors open back up. Um, it was, it was incredible. It was exactly, you know, where I, I should have been at that time, you know, whether it was COVID or not. Yeah. So, it's funny. I mean, that was kind of how my, like I stepped down like that January and then COVID happened in March. I was like, thank God, <laughs> like in a sense, like, Thank oh, yeah. God, you know, because I was I like, I imagine doing this at this point with the twins and now being like the world locked down. And uh, yeah. so there was in a way that was like, I kind of was, thank God. So I get it. And, you know, and 
even yeah. now, like doing this podcast, like we were talking off here a little bit, like I teach, I do this, I do work a night job. I do run summer camps. Like I do like working and I have like no problem with that. Uh, yeah. and, and, and for me, I think it's just like, it's the hustle of it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just wanted to advance and get better. But like with this podcast, like I'm working a night job because I want to be able to buy X, Y, and Z for yep. our film and coverage or whatever. So it's like, for me, I take my kids everywhere. Everyone sees that. Like, if you look at my social media, it's about building mm-hmm. what beyond is, and it's just <laughs> yeah. it's everything, you know. And yeah. uh, to me, I think that's important because I think when you're building something, and I don't know what this something is yet, but when you're right. building it, I think it's important to be as pure and who you are as possible. Like you say, like setting yep. standards, and I have a certain expectation. Like we don't cuss, we don't say bad words, we don't do inappropriate things. Like we do things the right way, and like. I would mm-hmm. want my students to be able to listen to this and watch this, just like I would want a high school kid or a college kid who's interested in whatever process they're going through in sports to be able to listen to this. And there's a balance of that age is both ages can listen to this and, and thoroughly enjoy it. And even like we range from 18 to 42, like it's like a third, a third, a third, like it's crazy. So uh. they're just, it's fun. But the point that I'm trying to make is like, yeah, like you, I had to give up coaching because I just my babies and like mm-hmm. and then you you think about your babies like you thought about okay gold standard like I, I thought about mm-hmm. beyond at this point like that's COVID. Right. COVID did that for us because of whatever reason or whatever we went through like you led you to that point now for yep. you gold standard and it seemed like Middlesex magic and I'm just saying this following your social media so I could be a little inaccurate but they're almost like they were pretty parallel for I feel like such a long time like when I look at your yep. stories or I look at your posts and everything else Middlesex magic I mean you guys are unreal man I follow you guys on Instagram <laughs> I like a lot of your stuff uh, I know Ryder Thank Frost you. a kid from Beverly we we cover that yeah. garden he's I mean he's Hooper Kids and so, you know, watching you guys, I know that you won recently a big Under Armour tournament. So there is yeah. some legit basketball happening in Massachusetts and kids, you know, it seems like you guys are sending kids everywhere. Kids are committing everywhere. So talk yeah. about that because that is, I mean, gold standard yeah. in a way. Like, yeah, that yeah, is, you know, yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the magic is the, the club teams gold standard is the training. And, you know, being involved with both of them and, and having them run side by side, it, it has just been amazing. Um, so, you know, I've been coaching with the Magic for you know, like 13 years now. Yeah. And um, and when I first got the job at Leslie in 2014 is when I Mike and I started coaching the top juniors and sophomores together. Okay. Um, so, so it, you know, it was interesting because – you know, for like three, four years there, I was coaching the 11th grade B team, you know, B team. We're beating A teams all over the place, Yeah. you know, and, and our guys are like, our B team guys are going to like Trinity and Tufts and Wesleyan and, oh, and right. you know, it's, it's like these kids are premier players in New England, like really, really good kids, Um, you know, and they like we just littered the NESCAC with, with kids. I mean, even like Bowden and, and Hamilton and, and like – you know, it's, it, it was just crazy kind of how good it was. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So 2014, Mike and I start coaching together, you know, with Bill Boyle. And each year it it starts getting a little bit better. Like we had top tier division three kids. And then we would like mix in a, a division one kid or maybe like one or two of them. 
Um, and then it was like two or three of them and then it was like five of them. And then it was like, you know, six and, you know, so, so forth and so on. And, you know, a lot of our culture stuff that, that I've learned along the way, I think there's been no better teacher than the magic because, you know, we have kids who are playing in the big East, playing in the ACC, playing in the Ivy league, going to the highest academic schools, going to the highest basketball schools, and these kids in the most important time of their lives, the live recruiting period for high school, they're sacrificing for each other to win more games, to get more exposure. And in the world of grassroots basketball, where everything is so individual and it's ranking and individual and accolades, the magic has forever been the team, the program, each other, we over me. And the amount of success that we've seen because kids fully buy into that principle has been outstanding. Before we were Under Armour sponsors, we were known as the sneaker killers. We would play the Nike teams. We would beat the Nike teams. We play the Adidas teams. We beat the Adidas teams. We play the Under Armour teams. We beat the Under Armour. I like that. The sneaker killers. I like that. Yeah. Like we had, I mean, you know, when Tyler Kolick was playing for us, he's he's at Marquette now, Big East Player of the Year last year, Big East uh, Tournament Most Outstanding Player, third team All-American, I believe. I mean, it was like him, Tommy O'Neill, um, Jade Turley was on that team. And we go through our summer and we're, you know, we're 21 and one yeah. throughout the summer. And the only team we lost to beat us at the buzzer. It was a Nike team. But, you know, we're all over the country. We fly down to Florida. We beat an Adidas team in the prime event, um, one of the best Adidas teams in the prime event. Um, we, in the semifinals, we beat the New York Rens in the, in the finals to win that. Um, and they got, you know, Kofi Coburn who played it. Kentucky and Illinois and, you know, they have all these, you know, highly touted recruits and, um, and, you know, we would just, you know, yeah. beat them with, yeah, with, with, you know, the team, the team game. You know, now, so. I mean, some games, I mean, when you mention some of these teams and maybe these aren't the games, but some games you guys like murder teams. Like, are these teams you're yeah. murdering like these night yeah, games? Yeah, so, no, no, okay, okay, no, okay, no, okay, no. Okay. Before we were on the circuit, they were they were pretty nip and tuck. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, there was there was some real, there was, you know, when, when you know, the, Kofi Coburn's like, you know, eight inches taller and, and like a hundred pounds heavier than our biggest guy, it's like, yeah. You know, what, what can we really do? So, you know, we're, we, we coached our, our tails off, but as we've kind of matriculated here and, and we got the Under Armour sponsorship, um, you know, we have really kind of put our team imprint on that circuit. So our, our first live recruiting period in 22, um, you know, how it works is in April, they'll have two live weekends. So the first weekend is your preliminary weekend. You play your pool play. The second weekend, you go into your bracket, whether you make the championship bracket or the consolation bracket. Um, and then they'll do the same thing in July, same format. So in April of 22, we come out and, and you know, we're the, the new kids. And um, we go into the the first April live period. I think the sophomores, the 16U, we went three and one, lost our first game by one. Uh, juniors go undefeated. Both in the championship bracket, we both win 
the the Under Armour Spring for for twenty two, um, and then we go to the we go to July. We do well in our pool with the seventeens. We ran out of gas. We had, uh, you know, a highly touted recruit, JP Estrella, who's now at Tennessee, um, and you know Mike Lochnane, who's at Davidson, Logan Carey, who's at he's at UMaine, uh, Joe Nugent, who's at Holy Cross, Ryan Mila, who actually repeated, but he was on that team, and he's going to Providence. Um, and you know we're out. We we lose in the first round with the seventeens, um, and it was a it was a pretty bitter defeat for us you know I think there was like there was a part of it that you know we knew we could have done better we knew we should have done better um, but we came up short um, but like I said we you know we still had each other right so um, but the 16s they win their pool we're in the championship bracket in July of 22 and we advance all the way to the finals and we lose in overtime by two in the finals. Ugh. And and um, those kids, like that core group of, of guys, the you know, CJ Happy and um, and Jay Jones and Luca Taves and, and CJ Cox, um, we had a core group of guys who were going to, you know, come back and stay together. We knew that. And um you know, I remember we were in Chicago, suburban Chicago at this huge complex. And I remember when we lost that game in overtime, we met out in the hallway. And as we were walking out, they had these big pane glass windows where you could look into the gym. And the team that we had lost to was celebrating squirt guns and cider and goggles yeah. and spray cans, like, you know, the, the whatever, the silly string. Yeah. And I walked into that gym and I just looked at them for five seconds. I was like, yep, that's going to be us next year. I was yeah. like, that's all I needed to see. Um, you know, so we come back, fast forward. It's April of, of 2023, and we got the core group back. Um, Ryder was also on that team. Yeah. Uh, we got that core group back, and, and these guys are – they're working, you know. And um, Mike and I are meeting a lot. There's huge expectations. Um, and, you know, I think – when you look at it on paper and you spend so much time away from it, it's very easy to just be like, we should win every game by 40. Yeah. And if we don't win a game by 40, it feels like a loss. Wow. And there was a little bit of that. And if you get into playing for perfection, it's really bad. Like you, mm -hmm. you should never ever do that. You should enjoy each game. You should enjoy the ups. Like you enjoy the downs. Um, but you got to have really strong identity and really strong culture and self-awareness to be like, let's take a step back. You know, maybe it shouldn't look exactly how we expect it to look. Yeah. Maybe this team are just a bunch of grinders and it's going to be a little closer, but they're winners and, you know, we know that they're going to execute and they trust each other. Um, so, you know, April was – was okay. We're out in Arizona. We didn't shoot the ball well. Um, we we picked up a couple losses in the in the spring, um, you know, and it was just uncharacteristic of us of that team. It, we, we weren't really used to that, you know. So um, the next weekend we go to uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, and we're in the championship bracket, um, you know. And 
Oh, I should say this. We get to Rock Hill and we got two games that we have to qual. We got to win both of them to qualify for the championship bracket. We're playing Team Charlotte, which is the home team. They live 20 minutes from from uh, from Rock Hill. Um, and then we're playing SOH Elite later that day who have a five-star wing and, you know, they're really, really good and they're really well coached. Um, and we knew that we had our work cut out for us. And we come out and we beat Charlotte by two. And then we just put it on SOH. Yeah. Um, and we advanced to the championship bracket uh, against a team that we really we really know well, Team Thrill uh, from Baltimore. Um, and Team Thrill and the Middlesex Magic have won up to this point the past four Under Armour championships, okay. two in the spring and, and, and two in the – and they, they won both in the summer. Uh, of 22 so you know it's all it's all come together we pull them in the first round they beat us by three they edge us you know and and as we're looking forward to the summer we're like okay what do we do with our underwhelming results in you know in in uh in the spring here and we got back to the drawing board and 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 we just kept working and we kept grinding and we kept to it. We kept these guys in the gym, working them out. They could just, they could never get enough, you know, and they stayed dedicated and even killed throughout the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, we go to, we go to Atlanta in the summer uh, at the Under Armour championships. And, um, you know, we go three and one in pool play. We, we qualify for the championship bracket win our first game against a really tough Illinois Wolves team, um, win our, our second game in convincing fashion um, by, you know, 30-plus uh, against breakaway basketball, and they're out of Chicago. And who do we have in the semifinals? But, you know, Team Thrill, and and they're just, like, top to bottom. Like, they are so good, yeah. so good. Um, but our guys were ready, man. You know, and they played together, and um, they were just resilient. They were just so resilient. We ended the first quarter, I think we were down like 13 fouls. There were 11 fouls called on us. There was one foul called on them. Um, you know, so. How does that so, happen in basketball? Like, I, that's the one thing yeah. that blows my mind. Like, these guys are playing the same physical game. I mean, you're telling me yeah. one team's playing way more physical than the other. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. And and they were there. I mean, they're so much bigger than us. It's like yeah, you know, okay, yeah, even more you know. so. So it was like we were definitely fouling. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's like uh, like only the only thing we could do at, at some points, um, you know. But we felt that they were fouling as well. And and Mike very eloquently said that to the referee, <laughs> um, which she didn't really care for. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. But you know, again, when you get in those situations, right? You're down thirteen. 13 can become 20 in the blink of an eye. Yeah. But if you're going like two minutes go by and, and three minutes go by and four minutes go by, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's 10. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, it's nine. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's chip away and let's get like another bucket. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's seven at halftime. Right. Okay. And you go into this seven point game at halftime and you're like, look, we're not getting a call. Right but we're playing very good defense. We got to keep moving the ball offensively. We got to get that ball. We got to go in transition. You make a couple of adjustments. Uh, and all of a sudden, 
seven becomes three. Yeah. And you're you're midway through the third quarter. And then it becomes seven again. And then it's three at the end of the third quarter. I think a lot of coaches and a lot of people are kind of like, oh my God, we're down 13. We need the instant gratification. We need that 13 point shot. No. It doesn't exist. You just got to keep chopping, man. man. Got to keep chopping. You got to keep doing it. Um, so, you know, it's a three point game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, and then our guys just stepped up. Yeah. I mean, Jacob Hogarth was, was unbelievable. CJ Happy, unbelievable. Austin Hunt, unbelievable. CJ Cox, like Luca was, I mean, these guys are just making huge plays for each other, yeah. looking at the, you know, looking for each other, making great, great cuts, making great shots. Ryan Mila was was incredible. The whole team, you know, was was just so good. So um so we win by three. And uh and you know we go into the finals against Canada Elite, who have a, a really good sophomore, five star sophomore playing up, best player in Canada. Um and we're battling back and forth the next day. You know, early game, I think it was like noon or something after we just came off that high last night. Right. Um, and you know, it's going back and forth. They're really good. We're really good. They're hitting shots. We're hitting shots. They're getting stops. We're getting stops. Um, and then there's like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter championship game. And we're down by eight and we're like, here we go. You know, we're here again. Right. Every time we faced the adversity, we've met it head on. We've met it together. We will continue to do this. We'll continue to battle it. We'll continue to be together. And winning or losing never really came into our minds, I don't think. I think it was just like, keep chopping, keep chipping away, keep being together, keep representing us the right way, keep playing hard. Um, And we did, and we went on to win by four. So winning Uh, something like that is incredible, right? I mean, are these so this tournament, is this like the biggest – are you seeing like the five stars of five stars in high school basketball in North America? Yeah, Yeah. like the the Under Armour Association, like there are three big, you know, sneaker circuits. Under Armour is the one that we're on, Um, you know, but like Chet Chet Holmgren, Oklahoma City Thunder Kid, like, you know, he plays for – I'm sorry, he played on the Under Armour Association, like – there are every team that you play has four division division one guys. Like they are, it's legit. It's legit. And and one thing that the Under Armour Association does focus on is they want programs. They want teams. So you know the way that we used to beat teams was like we'd play together. They'd play as individuals. And now we're up against a bunch of division one guys who played the same way we do. Right. And that's really, really, really difficult. Like, you know, Team Thrill, I mean, their big guy, Derek Queen, he's ridiculously good. I mean, he's got all sorts of offers from from everywhere, right? I mean, their their guard, Chance Mallory, they got another guard going to, to Providence. Like, um, you know, Team Curry, who's another under, under Armour Association team, their best player just committed to Notre Dame. Illinois Wolves, who we played in the first round, their best – player just committed to Notre Dame um, pro one basketball club. Who's actually an under armor rise, which is like the second division, which all these teams are so good. I don't oh, even nice. know, like, yeah. um, but their best players going to Creighton, you know? So w- there are, there are, they're just loaded. I mean, there's, I think 30 teams and winning, this, one of them. 
winning this like against people like that, I mean, for you guys, what does that like? What does that do as far as your status with Under Armour goes? As far as me, yeah. you get yeah. from that versus like, yeah. Right. So what happens like winning a tournament like that? Obviously, it blows it up for you guys. You can it's a PR monster for you, but yeah, of course. What does Under yeah. Armour maybe do with that as well? Um, you know, that's a that's a good question. I think I think that's up to them, but yeah. I, I think that if you're looking around and um, you're like, where do I want to send my kid to learn how to be part of a team, how to be part of a program that has values and principles and live up to those. I think that it's very easy to look at the magic and be like, they play for the the name on the front of the Jersey, you know? Um, But Under Armour is, I mean, they're incredible. Like, They did so much with their social media. They did so much with their with their promotional stuff to promote us. Um, but it's funny there was there was a uh, a tournament in Vegas the the week after in July, yeah. and it was supposed to be for the four best Nike teams, four best Adidas teams, and four best uh, Under Armour teams, and Nike backed out. Oh wow! Right, because like you know Nike, like they don't want to. If they lose to us, it's probably not the best look for Nike. Right. Um, when they lose to us. Probably not the best look for Nike. <laughs> um, but so we went out there, you know, and it was the bit S, bit, uh, excuse me, the eight best Adidas teams and the eight best Under Armour teams. And, um, you know, I think we finished in fifth and Team Thrill won the whole thing. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And, and, you know, these, I mean, these Adidas teams, like, same thing, Kansas, Kentucky, like so many highly touted recruits. And, um, you know, I, the records going into the championship game were even. So yeah. Adidas won as many games as Under Armour, and, and Team Thrill wins the last one. So uh, Under Armour gets the, the well, slight edge. How good that is too, because I mean, here yeah. you guys are battling with them and win some, lose some, like, and then they here they are yep. winning it. You finish. Fit. I mean, it just shows you how like yeah, they're such good teams. Like the, any, you can yeah. in that tournament the next week, and somebody else would win it. You know. Right, and it was so cool too to to support the guys that, that we've gone to war against yeah. for the past two years, you know. Because now they're technically your team, like your brand, yeah, right? Like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it was it was it was a bit weird, but you know, seeing those guys like we're going into the gym, they're leaving. Hey, how'd it go? Oh, dude, good. Keep representing Under Armour. Keep keep yeah. helping Under Armour. You know, um, and and yeah, to have have you know an under armor team when that was was pretty cool i i wish it i wish it was us but yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. you know you know if i had my if i had my druthers i'd definitely take the under armor championship yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah just just an incredible summer just you know that that core group of guys and they they got what what they deserved and and um you know it was our turn to celebrate with the water guns and and the the goggles and the oh, you know and the, the sparkling cider yeah, yeah exactly. winning's the best man you know yeah. it it's, it's yeah there's nothing better than it yeah, <laughs> like it's exactly. tough when you've been there and you and you've tasted it and then you have consistency to continue to get it back there but like you said the climbs are climbs yeah everybody else you know. is getting better like you said people remember moments or remember things that happened in a game that maybe prevented them from getting where they needed to get to and the team brings back a solid core, has a good culture, or is able to build off of that. It's yeah, it's not easy to always 
get back there, know how much talent you, you might have. Yeah. So especially um, when you're so close to it and you get and you lose and you just never know when you're going to be back there. Right. You know? you just, that's the thing. You just never know. Right. Like you, yeah. might, there's been plenty of years that you see that I, we returned the team one year that as juniors, they were good. And we're like, this is, we're going to be pretty good. And we were like, okay, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, sometimes you have those expectations and you always don't always accomplish it either. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And for you, Obviously, like 2020, you you changed a lot and, and kind of looked at things yeah. and balance in your life and what made the most sense for you. And you mentioned even earlier, like, yeah, like eating. Like, I've been a coach and just eating, like, the worst food. Like, just not taking care of myself. And you're right. There is, like, there is a, just a lot of truth to that. And yeah. But for you, you have the family, you have the business mm-hmm. that is striving and doing well. Yeah. At that point, you were, you, you know, we'll talk about like your, your professional career path, but you know, you were right. still in education at that point. Yeah. This job opened up. What was the attractiveness to the Chelmsford job and saying, Hey, I kind of want to take over a high school squad here and, and mm-hmm. specifically maybe this program. Yeah. Um, well, I live in Chelmsford. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you in conversation. Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So my wife is is from here. She went to the high school. Um, so living in town for us, um, it's an adjustment, dude. Yeah. Like when I first got here, I was like, oh, I have cows in my neighborhood. Yeah, dude. Or, right. and horses. <laughs> um, and like, all, although we're not like shooting hoops on the side of a barn, no. it's it's pretty country for a kid who grew up in Medford. You know. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. So the the attractiveness to the job. Uh, I mean, there's a a couple things. As I'm building Gold Standard up, I'm like, I really like the spot I'm in. You know, um, I'm my own boss. I enjoy doing things, you know, my own way. Investing in my coaches, my people, like figuring this whole thing out on my own. I've I've never fancied myself a businessman like at all. Yeah. Um, so having that whole trial and error, like that's been really fun for me. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of brought out this side of basketball that I dabbled in a little bit with the skill development. Um, so that was, you know, as that kind of got bigger, like it, it was something that I wasn't really to re- let go of yet, yeah. uh, or sacrifice any part of it yet. Um, so when the job came up, my initial thought was like, okay, like, you know, I could do this. I could, but I don't want to sacrifice any of the stuff that I'm doing with gold standard. I love helping kids. We've had kids, clients from kindergarten to the NBA and everywhere in between. And I love helping every single one of them, the good ones, the ones who need work, all of it. Um, So that was something I was definitely not willing to part with. And when the athletic director told me that I'm a candidate because they want to bring that to Chelmsford, then it's like, wow, this, this entire thing just shifted. Um, You know, I I don't think I was ready to really go back to, to to coaching a team. Um, And then, you know, when this opportunity comes up, I'm like, Wow, so I could I could train in town with the young kids and like really yeah. see them come up through the through the system like like you literally now that farm system for your right your right program. and um and you know with 
if my son can play whatever sport he wants, right? Yeah. If he likes basketball, sure, great, yeah. awesome. I might have the chance to to coach him. Cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, if he yeah. wants to play hockey, like he tells me every day, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, then then great. You know, I know that he's going to be with the with a good program, but I think. When you're living in Chelmsford, Street, you're driving to Cambridge to get to Leslie or Medford to get to Tufts, or you're living in Medford, driving to Riviera, Nashua to to coach. Um, you're kind of all over the place. And you know, um to know that like even with Gold Standard, like a lot of our stuff is in Wellesley, a lot of our, our stuff is in Andover. And to know that Gold Standard could be in Chelmsford at the high school, seven minutes from my house. Yeah. And I can coach my team seven minutes from my house. Um, and we just started this fall with magic teams up in Chelmsford. Uh, so we got five teams, five magic teams playing out of McCarthy middle school in Chelmsford. Like that so community just looked at you as a huge investment then in a sense, like you, what you've created through your reputation and what you've created through your business, they basically see this as an opportunity to like take Chelmsford basketball and, and I don't I don't know anything about it previously, but like right, right. putting it and molding it together and saying, okay, we have this guy who is ex- as successful at an extremely high level with with an AAU team, is extremely highly successful in his alumni and who he has comes through his standard of basketball. Right. This now we can now inject into our program, inject into our town and be able to create young basketball players that are playing competitively, not just in town in tournaments. And I, am I, am I wrong here? Like, this is like what I'm kind of hearing. Um, I think you'd have to ask, ask the, them, right. Yeah, okay. The board. Um, but, but I know this, if, if they, if that is true and they're invested in me and, and, you know, they believe in me, um, then I'm going to pay it forward and I'm going to invest in our coaches and, you know, our, our travel coaches, I'm going to invest in our youth. Um, you know, I'm going to coach the coaches. I'm going to help them out. I'm going to coach the kids. I'm going to help them out. Um, but it's, it's about living up to and representing Chelmsford basketball. Yeah. It's not about wins and losses. It never will be. You know, if you win and if you live and die by the wins and losses, you're going to have a very, you're going to have your gallbladder out when you're 34. Um, you know, you know, but if you, if you learn from that, um, and you, you know, you do it the right way and you, and you build the culture and you invest in, in these people and you invest in the town, then it becomes something that you can really hang your hat on. Um, so I, I would like to think that everything you said is true. I, I mean, so. and dude, it absolutely is. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about it. Like that, like, I appreciate that like that because it's so true. Like, I mean, I struggled at a small Catholic school at AC that you, you don't right. have a feeder program. You don't have kids. Like you just can't go to town and say, Hey, we're doing a quarterback clinic or we're doing a wide receiver clinic right. or we're doing whatever, because then they're not going to go hand that out in schools and in rec programs. Cause it means you're stealing right. their players. Like, so, right. so it's hard. So when you have that opportunity to now work with these kids in the world of basketball, it's so different because it is a year round sport, you know, and yeah. yep. um, there's so many different brands of it out there and coaching uh, AU teams and everything else. So uh, it is highly competitive year round. And obviously they see your success. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like that's what I see now. What are you inheriting here? I appreciate that. Uh, program goes and what you know about your squad and maybe just even some of the small things you've done. I mean, the season, I know we're in football season right now, but it's October next right. week. 
know, you guys are mm-hmm. right after Thanksgiving. Realistically, you guys are ready to go. Yeah. So a couple months. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, we got about two months. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's it's been difficult because there's so many MIA rules. Like, you, know, you yeah. can't do anything basketball related, and um, you know, I I think for us, first thing is like, what are we inheriting? Well, we're inheriting a, a team who won 12 games last year, went to the Division One state tournament, lost a game at, at St. John Shrewsbury at the buzzer. Um, really, really good team last year. Uh, returning two um, all-conference players, um, it's the best league in the state. I mean, you got top to bottom, Lawrence, Lowell, Andover, um, you know, Central Catholic, North Andover, uh, Methuen, right, Haverhill, uh, like, in all sports. You're, yeah, yeah. So it's a a gauntlet. Yeah. Um, but I just love to compete, man. <laughs> you know, you're I just, used I to love that. It. I mean, look at the teams yeah. you're playing. You just named all these teams from all over the country that yeah. have five star recruits and some of the best high school basketball in the country. Period, or even on the continent planet. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, and and in here you are. You're like, yep, this is a tough league, and obviously you 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 don't have certain kids walking through the door like a like right, a, right, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the beauty yeah. of it. That's that's honestly the beauty of it is like, yeah, you know, we're we're not a private school. We are a small town, not a smallish town, yeah. um, and it's a public high school. And you know, when you go up against, you know, towns that are you know, way bigger and they have more kids and they have coaches who've had systems in place longer. Um, you know, it's, it's like, you know, what are we, what are we up against? You know, it should be, it should be interesting. I think, you know, my thing is like, I I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. You know, I want to play against the best and I want to, to beat the best. And, you know, I want to, um, I want to learn, from yeah these these coaches and I want to learn from these players I want to see them play um you know so I'm 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 very excited for the season um and our guys have been they've been good you know that we we have a long way to go we have a lot of work to do um you know we played in the summer league this year uh won some games played in two summer leagues this this year won some games we're in a fall league right now um and you know, from a distance, it's like I can't really put my hands on it and be like, hey, you know, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to build it. crazy, which is, I mean, yeah. we can talk about yeah. that. Go ahead. Just keep yeah. going. Right. Yeah, but I, I think for me, it is crazy, but it also builds trust. Yeah. It also shows me who wants to work. It also shows me who believes in our program. It shows me, um, you know, what the expectation is, how we do things. Uh, so, you know, these guys are in the weight room five days a week. These guys are in the gym playing pickup <clears throat> six yeah. days a week. And, you know, I think that when you're starting something, there's always a little bit of like, oh man, like new coach, is he going to, is he going to cut me? Like what's, you know, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I better go work as hard as I can. Um, so we also want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're returning some, some good pieces, um, and, you know, we got some good pieces coming in and, 
you know, I really think it, it's all about how we are able to, um, how we're able to build the, the culture, how we're able to build the program um, and consistently bring that, those core values to life, you know? Yeah. And it's great. And like I said to you before, there's no doubt that they invested in that because coaching, let's also be real. I mean, there are still happening. I think when I did my homework, you took over for a decently tenured coach. Yeah. yeah. Charlie was, he's all, I mean, I was lucky enough to have a, a great relationship with him yeah. um, and still have a great relationship with him. Um, but he was there for like over 30 years, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, he's, he's revered in town. So, so that's it. I mean, they look at that clearly and say, Hey, this is, this program had X amount of success for X amount of years and mm-hmm. you know, good guy leading the program. And now we, we want to call it a predecessor or whatever you want to call it, but yeah, someone yeah. who's like stepping in that is, you know, young and invested in town has a young family wife's from town, your family, you know, your in-laws probably know like people too like yeah, so it's like yeah. you're invested w- within the town so they just see you as maybe that next long-term fit you know as far as as yeah. far as their program goes yeah i i hope so yeah i hope I mean, so you know and, and i hope i hope we have a, a ton of success um yeah. yeah i wish we could practice tomorrow <laughs> yeah, he's, he's chomping at the bit i get it i totally get it um, but, and so yeah. this will, you know, this will be kind of the last question that I ask you, but I say this for last because I was trying to think about as we were talking how to really set this up, but, you know, we talked off air and, you know, you were also an educator, you were in education as well, ESL teacher, uh, fifth and sixth yep. grade, fifth grade teacher. So we understand that, you know, the same age. Yeah. Um, but for you, you, you this year, not only made a decision of obviously becoming a head coach in that next chapter of your life and in, in mm-hmm. Chelmsford, but you also made a huge decision in your life to, um, leave teaching, leave education, yeah. and really go all in on gold standard and, um, and do that. And to me, that is really honorable. I mean, I, I I'm <laughs> very like, so I'm just so intrigued to just kind of hear what you have to say here, because to me. This is something I've always been like a what if scenario for myself. Like, what yeah. if got to a certain point, would I do that? And now I have someone here in front of me who's kind of doing that. And it's just in the beginning phases of that. But for you, maybe just talk about that decision a little bit and your advice to mm-hmm. people who might be in that spot of they're an entrepreneur who started a side business and they're afraid to make that leap because they don't yeah. know if their real job is what's needed to survive. So Yep. Yeah, I'm going to give you the floor here for a minute because I think this is yeah. a lot of yeah. listeners will be in, including myself. Sure, sure. I appreciate that. I'm actually going to go on a limb here too um, yeah. because you know I was an ESL teacher um, and the reason I chose to go into ESL teaching was because my mom was an ESL teacher wow. uh, in Medford at the Brooks Hobbs um, and I lost my mom my sophomore year of high school yeah. and so for me to kind of like carry on that tradition, I remember graduating college and being like, yeah, I, I want to coach, but I don't really know like what I want to do full time. And, yeah. and, you know, it just so happened. Like, I was like, okay, go back to school, get certified. I'm going to take these classes and, and, um, and, you know, I'm going to continue to, to carry that torch, as I said. So, you know, I spent 13 years as an ESL teacher and um, it was in Lowell, uh, which was, you know, there's a lot of ESL kids there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's the language barrier and, and the whole thing. And, um, you know, I, I was, as I was teaching, 
I was teaching and, you know, it was really important to me for that reason. Um, but it also allowed me the flexibility to coach. Yeah. So when I left coaching 2020 and everything's remote, whatever, we go back in, in the fall and, you know, that was when I first thought I was like, it might be time for me to move on. Um, you know, and education is in a really tough spot. Uh, I'm not particularly envy of administrators because it's really difficult for them as well. Um, and you know, I learned a, a lot of lessons on, on how to be a leader, both what to do and, and mostly what not to do. Um, but you know, I think making the leap for me kind of was like, all right, what's the financial implication? You know, how do we get that sorted out? Because when you're a 13-year teacher and you're tenured and your pension and all the reasons people might want to stay in teaching, that plays a huge part. Um, and, you know, there's also the, the familiarity, the security of that paycheck, the comfort of being kind of that, that worker bee and, and knowing what my hours are and, and how it's going to play out week to week and plan out my vacations and, and my weekends. Um, and then the, the third thing for me, which was probably the most difficult was being at peace with letting go of, of that occupation of, of that, you know, you know, doing the, the same thing my mom did. Um, so, you know, as, gold standard has grown over the past three years it really started to become a reality probably over the summer like when i tell you in like may i was like i'm never i'm never going to be able to do this like feeling pretty hopeless like okay you know we'll go back and teach and you know next year um and then you know when that summer camp season started to roll around i was like okay let me let me get the financials in order you know let me get out of my comfort zone. Let me let me get to my camp and make a, a full day of it. Let me get my extra work in, do these workouts. Let's set up some, you know, some skills academies and and do it with intent, and get my coaches to to really buy in and invest in them, for them to provide instruction. Um, you know, so so I I really did it all. I I created a coach's handbook. Uh, I've written a couple curriculums for um for skill development that i've had published um so so really just trying to um kind of like you know move that safety net over to like hey we're not just offering workouts at the drop of a hat we have substance here and our skills academies and our our clinics they all go along a certain curriculum so we know that that teaching is going to be impactful and by the way we invest in our coaches and we have the best skills trainers in the state and we know that they are able to relay that information to your child to help them to teach or to help them understand how to be successful in life through basketball um so so i did find some security there um and then you know i, I essentially spent the whole summer uh really doing some soul searching and really you know just kind of trying to be mindful um, and thinking about what my mom would say 
if she were alive and, and, you know, her words, um, because, you know, for, for those who knew my mom knew that she was, you know, super fiery and feisty and, and passionate. Um, and, you know, it, it just came down to like, I can totally picture her saying, just go, just go do it. Yeah. Just go do it. Believe in yourself. You can be incredible at this. Um, <clears throat> so, so yeah, it was, it was tough, but coming to, coming to that decision, it was, it was in August. I was really going back and forth. I was like 99% sure. And then, you know, my accountant kind of got me over those, the financial aspect. And, and, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to take this leap because in, in 10 years when I'm 48, I don't want to look back and say, man, I, I really should have, wow. should have done it, say, yeah. you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I resigned and, um, it's been, it's been equally as liberating as it has been kind of anxiety provoking, yeah. right? Cause, cause when you're returning emails at like, you know, 10 a.m. On, on a Tuesday, I'm like, oh, I got to get to work. And I'm like, okay, this is work. All right. No, no, no. This is, this is good. You know? Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so to, to be able to, to really um, hang my hat on, on knowing that those three things are, were taken care of, then I, I was ready. And, you know, if I can, I'm ready to, to see this thing soar to the next level. Um, as I am ready to get up if I fall flat on my face, yeah. you know, and, and that's how, that's how this, that's how life is, man. So, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it, I give it, you a lot of credit cause it doesn't, it takes a lot of courage. I mean, I, like I said to you, I, I flirted with the idea of being like, man, if we got to a certain place, right. I, you know, would I really leave what I do, you know, but you know, dude, you work hard at something and you continue and you make contacts and, you get lucky mm-hmm. sometimes too, and you just yeah have yeah right time or have the right person on or the right person listens to a soundbite of you or like there's just so right. much. But um, I just I I give you a lot of credit, man, because that's investing in yourself. Obviously, your family is your motivation, and and making sure yeah. that is you know the success of that is the success of that. So I appreciate um, that. that. Hey, that, have I did I mention that my my wife is a saint? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like <laughs> imagine having that conversation. Hey, you know, I know I've been. I was thinking for... about asking if I'm being right. totally honest, and then I was like, no, yeah. because I don't know how that conversation really went. Right, so I was like, I'm not yeah. even gonna like touch yeah. that. And, and that's that's the best part. Meg is so like she's so organized and she's so prepared, and and she's like, well, if you're gonna do it, then you know we need to know what this is and what A and, and B and C. And I'm like, oh, totally. I would have just quit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I would have just been like, see ya. Um, so you know, she she is definitely she has helped on that journey, and uh, and she's been super supportive, and um, and you know, it's been. Yeah, it's been incredible to see all the time that she sacrificed when, yeah. you know, when I was in, you know, the middle of wherever, Southern Vermont or, or wherever at an away game for, you know, 18 hours, um, you know, and all the time that that we sacrificed together to see it kind of come back on the full end and still have her be supportive of such a, a crazy idea, like a crazy jump when you're 38 years old, like, yeah, yeah saint yeah that's good and that's the most important part of coaching i think when you're talking about team and commitment and 
and bon- I mean, that's like your wife is your, you know, she's really that, yeah. right? So like, you know, it's oh, yeah. really making sure that like your team at home, your family at home is, you know, that all of this pieces of these puzzle fit together correctly. Right. You know? and right. Knowing that, yeah, basketball season is probably going to be a little bit more hectic for her. Um, but I've had a lot of coaches on here, especially basketball coaches, truthfully, that um, they always talk about their wives saying, I wouldn't be yeah. with my wife or my girlfriend or my significant other yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, you, you have to, you need that balance at home in order for it to work outside. Yeah. So that's great, man. Yeah. But no doubt. Yeah. I want to thank you for coming on here today, man. You know, obviously you have a lot coming up the next couple of months. Um, yeah. Obviously basketball season's right around the corner. We'd love to to do some beyond. Dude, I was just going to ask. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So we let's just bought, go. we actually just bought this crazy camera thing. Like it like locks in on, like if you have it locking on a certain person or locking on a certain, like it will oh, move dude, it moves with and spin it. all around. Oh. Yeah, so working right. this night job is paying its dividends already. A yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's but go. Um, yeah, like today I worked literally twelve hours, but it was like I was just like, yeah, you know, I wasn't supposed to. And long right. story short, like just they needed someone. I was like, you know what? I'll just do it. Like do it's it. an extra coin yeah. in the pocket, and I'll yeah, do it, you know. So of course. yeah, of course. so it was good. So our next, our next thing is hopefully by basketball season is to have a second camera. We're about nice. You know, we make good money, but dude, it's tough, you know, because then you're buying merch and then, you know, you oh, yeah. second shooters and then you're yep. you know, investing in, uh, you know, editing programs and, you know, it, mm-hmm. it all adds up after a while. So, you know, you try. Yeah. Uh, but this is kind of like what we feel like for us will be like the next big step. So you might luck out. We might have all our high tech equipment by the time basketball dude, starts. <laughs> let's go. Let's yeah. go. We would we would love, love to have Beyond up in, in Challenge. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um yeah. so if, if we could we could get that set up, man, that would be that would be incredible. We'd love to have you up into uh into Lion Country. Go see yeah. the tundra. That's our student section. Okay. Um, I like that. See, that's that's it, man. We go to football games, like football games crowd, we always get like a nutty crowd. In basketball games, there's been a few like crazy crowds, but you yeah. know, we're, we're still looking for that crowd. Like we're yeah. still looking for that. Burlington boys basketball a couple of years ago, I covered them in the state semis. That those kids were nuts. Like I had yeah, a crazy time, but um, but yeah, we're still looking for that crowd. We're still looking for that that group. So yeah, maybe, it's maybe it's funny. I was I was asking the other day. I was asking the uh, RAD. I was like, you know, I hear a lot of good things about the tundra. What's it like? He's like, oh, you're just gonna have to experience it. I'm like, all yeah. right, so yeah. that's a good start. Sounds good. Start. Every now and then, I give him a shout out on Twitter. I'm like, hey, tundra. And yeah, I tag them. You, gotta, dude, you gotta student sections are I would say yeah. are covered so much student section because you know on top of we meet these kids and then they end up being a lacrosse player, a baseball player, a softball right. player, or whatever. And then you're like, all right, cool, we'll cover you this there. season, we'll yeah. cover you next season. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. it's like it and it works out that way. But you know, good luck with everything this season. Obviously, you got a fan at us, you know, and any stuff you ever want to send our way as far as like clips or highlights or send it like we love posting that stuff we do it football season i feel like our story is always flooded with highlight reels and everything else so we love to do that for you man yeah i appreciate that i appreciate your time dude and uh you know congrats on all your success man i I love this as soon as i heard the first podcast i was like i need to be on this podcast it's amazing yeah you know so um yeah so i i really appreciate it man and and um yeah congrats on on all your success and and keep it rolling 
Yeah, man. We uh today is actually our third birthday. Today is let's go. Yeah, we're turn let's today, go, so, man. Uh we haven't put anything Happy on the birthday. social media yet. Thank you. Yeah. So can we're I give you can I give you one piece of advice? Absolutely. Ha- have some cake, don't eat the candles. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, dude. I might have to make a video of just eating a candle and showing everybody what happened. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible, dude. Happy birthday. That's that's awesome. Thanks. So, yeah, we're excited for our next chapter. We're going to be actually near you. We're going to be up in the Shobatak. I mean, that's like a town over, I think, from you guys. But uh, we're going to be up there for Friday Night Football. Where's, Where's the tech? Bolton? Um, honestly, I have no idea. We went there last year. And I just, it, I, I definitely went through Chelmsford because my, I feel like my brother lived like my brother lives in Chelmsford, and I feel like I was like not even Ledge? his house, bro. Yeah, are you serious? Let's yeah, my, my younger brother is my younger brother's in Chelmsford. Let's go. He just moved oh my there. god in the summer. Uh, actually, no, probably about probably about a close to a year ago. I would say he's he probably been in Chelmsford for about a year. So that's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. So well, I, I was if he cool. has any, if he has any children and they like basketball, I know a good training program. <laughs> <laughs> no kids yet. No kids yet. Uh, good for him. I know though. At least I know. Yeah. Right. Um, um, yeah. But, but, yeah dude. but yeah. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I'm I'm excited to see you guys this winter. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely we'll lock that in soon. And uh, all right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, guys, this is Beyond Podcast. Uh, we're signing off here. We got a big week coming up. We got the Shobatech football. Uh, this Friday, we're going to have the squad on on Wednesday with their head coach a little bit to hype up the game. Uh, real th- you know, One and two this year, but they play a, a top 10 schedule in their conference. I mean, they've played three teams ranked in the top 10, so um, they don't shy away. They lost a close one last week by four points, I think, under a minute left. So, uh, you know, they're in every game they play. They're a good squad, and we're super excited to be there. We got some great guests lined up for next week as well. So we're excited for what we have. And, uh, again, guys, till next time.